Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. And we're back for another week, another episode of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with all the guys, Neil and Roger and John, myself, Bob Duco. Guys, how are you? Very good, Bob. Great. Great. Thank you. Good. Always good catching up with you every week. And so uh, we've got a couple of different issues we're going to talk about this week. Uh, First, we're going to talk about the issue of crime in America, especially with all the attention paid to this bodega worker in New York and what happened there and the charges against him. Uh, But then also we're going to talk about women in combat because there is a thing that the House is voting on this week that would set the stage for women to potentially be drawn into combat. And so we're going to kind of have a discussion on that as well. So a lot of different things we're going to be talking about. Uh, First, though, let's talk about the issue of crime in America. Uh, everybody has seen in the news, of course, the, the case that's happened in New York, in Manhattan. You have this bodega, which is kind of a convenience store. It's a common term uh, that many in the Hispanic community will use for a small convenience store in New York. And you got a 61-year-old guy who works there, uh, Jose Alba. And he has a woman come in. She's an African-American lady, and she wants to buy some food. Well, her card isn't working. It's basically declined. He's trying to explain this to her. She gets angry uh, as though it's his fault. And she says, I'm going to go get my boyfriend, although she doesn't say boyfriend. She refers to her boyfriend as the N-word. She says, I'm going to get my N-word and he's going to come in here and F you up. And so she goes out. She gets her boyfriend. Her boyfriend comes in, 37-year-old Austin Simon. Uh, He marches behind the counter into the space of the clerk, confronts him, assaults him, shoves him hard, if you've seen the video, into the wall. He falls down into a chair. He's F-bombing him, gets in his face. The 61-year-old man is trying to defuse the situation. Uh, He's saying, you know, Papa, I don't want any trouble. Papa is kind of a it's a, it's a term. It's kind of like, a, hey, friend, come on, buddy, my pal, my friend, my, you know, Papa, please, let's not have trouble. Uh, but he's getting in his face, uh, the 37-year-old. And uh, so, and F-bombing him. Well, anyway, then he grabs the back of his neck, forces him up, the 61-year-old man, and tries to steer him or force him out of that area. Now, the 61-year-old man, he doesn't know where he's being taken. He doesn't know if he's being taken to a back room to be executed. He has no way of knowing. He happens to see a knife on the counter that he uses to open boxes. He grabs that knife, and just in a moment of self-defense, he stabs several times uh, Austin Simon. The girlfriend pulls out a knife of her own and starts stabbing the 61-year-old, stabs him multiple times in the arm. Well, anyway, uh, Austin Simon, the 37-year-old, he dies. Jose Alba is arrested, of all things, and then you have the district attorney of of Manhattan. This district attorney, this guy, is uh, Alvin Braggs. 
He's an African-American. He's a liberal Democrat. He is a George Soros-funded district attorney. George Soros pumped a million dollars into his campaign to get uh, Alvin Bragg elected. And Alvin Bragg decides, I'm going to charge this 61-year-old immigrant from the Dominican Republic. I'm going to charge him with second-degree murder. Uh, it's like, you have to be kidding me. There's outrage right now. A lot of people are going, how can this guy be charged with murder? This is clearly a case of self-defense. And guys, and this is what I want to talk about as we kind of go around the table. Uh, not only this particular issue, but then also a larger issue in general. Okay. For example, what do we do about the fact that we're seeing more and more examples of liberal Democrats who are criminal sympathizers who are getting elected with George Soros money into positions of power. It's not just a, a blogger who now says, I think this guy ought to be charged with murder. This guy's a district attorney. He's the one who makes the decision now. He has the power to make this decision. And so we're seeing now case after case of examples like uh, Planned Parenthood getting busted selling baby body parts illegally, but who gets in trouble? Not Planned Parenthood. It's the uh, pro-life undercover journalist. Uh, the Missouri couple using guns to defend themselves against Black Lives Matter protesters who are threatening them. San Francisco and other cities allowing open shoplifting and charges not being brought. Uh, the Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters having their charges against them dropped. But you got protesters outside of the conservative Supreme Court justices' homes violating federal law, well, there's no charges brought against them, but you have pro-life, uh, or I'm sorry, you have the January 6th protesters that are still, many of them, in jail and denied bail. Pro-life centers being firebombed and no charges brought against them, Jane's revenge, open extortion. So it, it just, this is really, and John, maybe we could start with you, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. John, this is very frustrating because what's happening is we're seeing political activists who are actually uh, buying their way through rich political activists into positions of power so that they can use and abuse their offices for the purpose of promoting and defending criminals and going after their political opponents. It, it, it's I know it sounds exaggerated. To no, people, it's not. I don't it's think not it exaggerated is. at all, Bob. It's happening, Not keep in mind, it's not only happening in the realm you're talking about in regards to district attorneys, keep in mind, we have got Secretary of States and Attorney Generals in a lot of states that fit the exact description of what you're talking about as well. Well, this is this is what's really disgusting. Let, let, me, let me ask your uh, thoughts on the Bodega case, first of all, or as uh, Joe you Biden... You want my thoughts? It, I, I, th I think okay. the district attorney should have been in the same situation and see what he would have done. That would be my answer to that clown. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, Roger Marsh, your thoughts on this first with the bodegas. And by the way, I don't know if any of you saw this or not, but Joe Biden talking to an Hispanic audience, uh, gets the name bodegas wrong, calls it bodegas. Uh, and then on top of that, she says that, uh, the, uh, the Hispanic community says, you guys are as diverse as breakfast tacos. It's like, wow, you have to be kidding me. But anyway, your thoughts on the 61-year-old man, an immigrant with zero criminal record. By the way, uh, the man who attacked him, Austin Simon, 
long rap sheet, burglary, assault. He's out on parole right now for assaulting a police officer. Yet he's the victim, and the 61-year-old defending himself, Roger, is facing murder charges right now. This kind of sounds like what happened in Baltimore a few years ago, where you had a DA who decided they were going to go after the cops, and we're going to make an example. This is going to we're going to set the world on fire with this, and then all the charges wound up being dropped. I mean, th th it's really incredible, especially with the Jill Biden thing from Bodegas in New York to Blooms in Miami to Breakfast Tacos, and who wrote that stuff for her? I mean, my goodness, that's a terrible <laughs> line. But but back to uh, to Jose Alba, you know, in the case from what video we've been able to see of this, you know, because are we going to get the whole surveillance video released? Probably not. I, my question is, he grabs a knife in self-defense because you see the part where he's being roughed up and all that sort of stuff. Right. The young woman who started all this, and again, may, can we get back to the fact of this is an EBT card she's trying to use, which already comes preloaded with certain restrictions on what you can and can't buy. If you've ever been in a supermarket where someone's trying to use an EBT, they're very specific as to what kind of food products you can get. And I believe at one point she was even saying, no, you have to punch the word food in before you, you know, do whatever. In other words, kind of trip the system because God knows what she was trying to purchase. I mean, I, I don't know, but it's supposed to be for milk and diapers and, you know, essentials and things like that. And she's at a bodega. I mean, she's, I, who knows what she was trying to purchase? She has a knife. She stabs him. She's not charged. I mean, there's so I many know. inconsistencies in this case. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It, it really doesn't. And uh, we're going to get Neil Boron in this in, uh, in just a moment as we continue talking about this on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Uh, before we do, though, I do want to remind everybody, if you listen to this podcast, one thing you know about us is that we are very pro-life, that we are very much about saving babies' lives. And many of you in the audience have partnered with us and partnered with Preborn to save babies' lives to stop abortion. And if you have not yet, we're asking you to prayerfully consider doing this now. Let me explain. Preborn is a great pro-life ministry. Uh, and what they do is they partner with pro-life pregnancy centers all across America, and they show ultrasound images to expectant moms. And one thing we know, when a mom sees an ultrasound image of her baby, do you know that she chooses life 80% of the time, 80%. This is why Preborn was able to save the lives of 43,669 babies last year alone. And you know, along the way, there were just under 8,000 decisions for Jesus Christ. But let's be honest, it takes money, okay? It takes money. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. What we're asking everybody listening to us right now to do is to donate one time $280 and save 10 babies' lives. Would you do that right now? $280 to save 10 babies' lives. Now, if you could do more than that, please do. Maybe you want to double that and do 560 and save 20 babies' lives. Maybe you want to go 10 times, do $2,800 and save 100 babies' lives. Whatever you can afford. But we're asking everybody, what do you say? One time, $280, we save 10 babies' lives. And I know that there's some of you out there that have been blessed financially by God, and you could afford to buy an ultrasound machine. Those are $15,000. Great tax write-off maybe for your business. We need some of you to do that too. Uh, $15,000 saves thousands of babies' lives. So whatever you can donate, whether it's the fifteen grand or whether it's the two eighty dollars to save 10 babies, Here's how you do this. Right now, just go online to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. CrawfordMediaGroup, 
www.helpsavebabies.net and click on the tab that says to help save babies donate now and you can donate right there online and remember 100% of what you donate goes right to ultrasounds not a penny goes to overhead this is preborn they've been doing this for a long time if you want to call and donate over the phone you could do that now as well 24 hours a day seven days a week they're answering the phones right now so call 833-850-BABY all right but let's save some babies lives we appreciate you folks doing that as we continue this national crawford roundtable podcast uh talking right now about the issue of crime in america neil boron neil boron live out of buffalo new york neil just your immediate thoughts on this bodega worker the 61 year old immigrant with a clean record never had any kind of legal problems at all i don't know if you watched the video neil i watched it three or four times i really wanted to see it carefully and oh my goodness this man is clearly defending himself to think that he had to go to rikers island and by the way the uh, the uh cuts on his arm got infected as well uh i just i think it's despicable that this is what's happening now in this country this is the man that's the bad guy and the criminal who assaulted him he's the poor victim yeah it's unbelievable it's hard to imagine that we've come to this and our hearts break for law-abiding citizens you know who are trying to do their job and earn a paycheck for their family are it's unbelievable i, I was thinking of isaiah 5 20 what are those who call good evil and evil good and those who exchange darkness for light and light for darkness i mean i think those days have arrived and in one sense we grieve you know the loss of of sanity really um right but at the same time i think as believers we should be hopeful and expectant because honestly i think we're seeing the word of god being fulfilled the prophecy being fulfilled right before our very eyes i mean this kind of thing is unbelievable um and it's a sense in, in one sense i feel like it's vigilante justice i'll give you a quick example i think i mentioned this a couple of years ago here on the podcast but i remember one time i was living in a northeast city but i was listening to a liberal talk show host out of southern california not named roger marsh uh, before jesus you know he, thank he was, you uh, thank you very much no. <laughs> no it was a legit liberal and um he was asking his audience he said look at I, I heard some people today say this is t during the time of the oj verdict and, and you know he said uh some people are saying some african-american friends of mine are saying that that regardless of whether he's guilty or innocent he should be freed just to help balance the scales of justice as they relate to slavery uh, you know just insane kind of thinking and I, and I honestly believe that this district attorney feels like he's taking matters into his own hands okay so there's been some things that have happened in the past that aren't right in his estimation so I'm just going to disregard the law. I'm going to do whatever I possibly can to, you know, bring harm to the, to the individual that I don't like and do everything I possibly can to help the one that I think, uh, you know, should be assisted in this case, regardless of what the law actually says. And how can we function like that? It's complete disregard for the law that's supposed to guide us. And I think he should be removed from office immediately. I don't know how you go about that. Should, if he can what? be impeached, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, actually, here's the thing. Uh, the district attorney in New York, according to New York law, can't be impeached, can't be recalled. The only way, and even the mayor can't do anything either. The only way that a DA can be fired is by the governor. So now it would be up to Kathy Hochul to be willing to <laughs> yeah, fire. Uh, we uh, all he's going to get a promotion from Kathy Hochul. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But uh, John, this is what do we do as Americans though about this, John Rush? Because I, I, what do you do when you have uh, in, in essence, 
criminal allies mm-hmm. that say, hey, I, George Soros threw enough money at me. I got myself an office, and now I can use this. This is the stuff you see in Banana Republic. You, you don't right. see this stuff in the United States of America. Well, now we do. Yeah, 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 now, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Neil. Yeah, now, now we are. How do we fight back? That, that's a tough one, Bob. I mean, that's probably a whole nother podcast discussion in and of itself. Is you know, what do we as Americans, as Christian Americans, as evangelicals, you know, what do we do to fight back? I mean, outside, you know, the power of the voting box itself and, and getting these people ousted. What do you do in the meantime? Honestly, great question. I'm not sure, Bob, that. I have an answer. I mean, I don't know that I would have told this particular individual to have handled anything any differently than what he did. He's got to defend himself. I mean, it's your life versus the life of the an individual that's that's you know wreaking havoc upon your own self. I mean, I guess gone are the days of defending yourself. I don't get it. Yeah, I, Can I ask a question? Like, how does sure. this strike? How does this strike everybody? What what's the ultimate motive behind all this? Does does Alvin Bragg really think that a sixty one year old guy defending himself is guilty of murder for real? I mean. So is there a larger effort to just completely undermine the laws and bring anarchy yes. to the United States? Okay. Yes. So, Actually, you know what? Yes. Let's let's do this. Let's do this because that is a great question you threw out on the table. And I'd like to get everybody's take on that. What is really driving this? What is the end game here? Is it maybe a, a spiritual demonic deception? Is it a drive toward anarchy? Uh, do they know what they're doing? Or does he actually really believe that, uh, uh, that this Jose Alba is actually guilty of murder and i let's go around the table before we do though because john i want to get your take on that and roger's take on that uh, i do want to remind everybody that we are still accepting donations right now for pre-born to save these babies lives okay to stop abortions and if you haven't done that yet please do it now go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the tab that says to help save babies donate now and then you can donate whatever you can donate Remember, it's $28 to save just one baby's life, to stop one abortion. That's why we're asking everybody to donate $280 and be responsible for saving the lives of 10 babies, stopping 10 abortions. Would you do that? Remember, Preborn partners with pro-life centers across America and shows them ultrasound images of the babies to the moms. And moms choose life when they see ultrasound images of their babies. This is how preborn does it. This is how preborn was able to save the lives of nearly 44,000 babies last year. And by the way, you had just under 8,000 moms make a decision for Jesus Christ. That's what your $28 buys times 10. So would you do that right now? Again, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the tab to save babies, donate now, and you could donate right there online or just donate over the phone. And it's a toll-free number, and they're answering the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right now. You can call 833-850-BABY. Just make sure to mention National Crawford Roundtable if you would. And so, Neil, you had a great question, and, and let's let's speculate this a, a little bit. John, you started to respond, and I, I cut you off. I want to give you a chance to, to give your thoughts on this. What do you think is really at play here? I mean, does this Alvin Bragg, do you honestly really think that deep in his heart, he genuinely, honestly believes that Jose Alba is guilty of committing murder? Or do you think, you know, in his inside voice, he says, I know what's going on here. I I, I support the criminals. I support anarchy. And now I got a position of power and I'm able to further that agenda and just pretend like I'm for law and order. 
Yes. What do you think is going on? Yes, I, I believe the latter. These, these individuals know exactly what the law states and know exactly what the law says. They want to change, fundamentally, the way this country looks, the way this country operates. People like George, Sor George Soros and many, many others, by the way. It's not just him. There's many others that I believe are on that side of the fence. And, of course, they believe that the way to really infiltrate and take over the country in a, in a communist fashion, which is what I believe they're trying to do, is the more disruption, the more deceitful, uh, you know, the more anarchy type uh, events continue to happen, the more we, you know, the more we go that direction, keep in mind, if they can get everything to be in total disarray and they come in and, and become the quote unquote saviors to where everybody's now a subject instead of a citizen, but these guys are still in power at the top, the things that these DAs don't understand, like this particular gentleman is, when that is, if and when that happens, they're the first guys to get cut loose. It's like all the people that were close to Hitler. Who do you think goes first? The people that are close right. to him go first, not everybody else. These guys aren't smart enough to understand that. They're being sucked in. They're being used as tools to get to the end result, which, yes, I believe is a complete takeover of the country. Huh. Roger, uh, Roger Marsh, of course, uh, you know liberalism out there in the People's Republic of California. What do you think is driving it? Do you agree with John that uh, that they – actually, Roger, I'd, I'd love to get your take on this. I was watching Gunsmoke, old episode of Gunsmoke. Oh, yeah. Okay? I, I love watching those episodes. Good stuff. <laughs> and you get the bad guys. You know, they're out there around the campfire, and they're the criminals. They're, and they're like uh, – their, their thing is, hey, we got to kill that Marshall Dillon and figure out a way to, you know, to, to loot the entire town. And then somebody comes along, joins their campfire, and that person's like, oh, hey, you know what, I'm with you. Any way that we can get rid of law enforcement and get in there and just wreak havoc. So there are, I'm thinking to myself, there are people that have this mindset. Is it possible? I mean, is John right, Roger, that, that just because somebody is a DA doesn't mean that they don't still have that thug criminal mindset that says, I'm just now going to use my power to... To, to strengthen the criminal element in this country and undermine law enforcement. I, I know that sounds really cynical, but I don't What do you think? It makes perfect sense. I mean, when you get right down to it, we're living in a culture right now where God is out of the equation more and more. Fewer and people fewer believe, yeah. <clears throat> fewer, fewer people believe in God. Fewer people are looking at a biblical worldview. And what they're saying is, hey, you know what? I think that uh, the law is the law. So if we can manipulate the law, we can manipulate the people. You get right down to it. And then you play on the emotional aspect of it, too. You know, a black guy got killed. And so, well, how many times were black men, you know, wrongly brought up for crimes, you know, in the past? I mean, that, that level of scales type of thing that uh, Neil made that comment earlier, I mean, that's still a powerful emotion for a lot of people, regardless of whether or not it's factually accurate. So you have to put they the left knows they can play that card. This is a perfect situation. For them to do something like that and then with regard to lawlessness absolutely you mentioned david delighton and sandra merritt from the center for medical progress right. harris county da in texas a few years ago actually had enough evidence presented by cmp to actually do due diligence to see if they should be indicting planned parenthood and when they went and did their investigation they came back with 17 counts of indictment against david delighton and sandra merritt they're the ones who say hey, guys look right. what we found here and the, the end result was they spent about a year in court and several million dollars defending themselves before all the charges were eventually dropped and so i think the biggest concern for me is when i see this playing out right now this miscarriage of justice the question we have to ask is, okay, well, are we getting down to the jot and tittle letter of the law? How many times did he stab him in the arm before he died that got him a second-degree murder charge? You know, 
was it, what was the intent, et cetera, et cetera. That's on this one case. The larger conversation that we're all having here is, is this a push to make evil and anarchy the quote-unquote order of the day so that people will have their heads spinning so badly that anything that looks like order will be a relief to them? And that that's a huge danger in our culture, for sure. I know. And by the way, when you referenced uh, David DeLayden and, uh, and California, let me remind everybody listening, the... The charge or the the investigation that was launched into him initially was by the then Attorney General of California, and let me just remind everybody that was a woman by the name of Kamala Harris. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and then who took over as the District Attorney and continued the investigation, and then brought charges against David DeLayden uh, was a gentleman by the name of Xavier Becerra. If that sounds familiar. Uh, that is now who Joe Biden selected to be his Secretary of Health and Human Services. Uh, this is the crazy, lawless, Marxist crowd that now has positions of power, and they can wield a lot of danger when they do that. Neil, let me ask you, Neil Boron, we've got uh, just a, a couple of minutes before the break, but you know, you're a pastor, as is Roger. Uh, what do you say to people listening to us right now that are so disheartened and then they say well wait a minute the the criminals are now the good guys and the criminal sympathizers are the ones that are in power that are going after the conservatives it's been going on for a while i mean come on you had 10 years ago you had pro-life organizations being targeted by the irs uh so what, what do you say just in, in about 30 40 seconds before we got to go to the break what do you say to christians that are discouraged and they feel like throwing up their hands and giving up well, ultimately, we know that our hope is in Jesus, so uh, if our hope is resting in him, we shouldn't be discouraged because we know how this thing turns out in the end. In the meantime, right. we can be active. We can we can stand for truth and righteousness. We can stand for law and justice. And there's a major election coming up in November. We need to get to the polls and elect people that believe in law and order, that believe in truth, and do everything that we possibly can to represent Christ well in that way, caring for our neighbor. Caring for innocent victims like Jose Alba, uh, and isn't interesting as you mentioned earlier, but I pointed out again that the DA Elvin Bragg did nothing to charge this woman who pulled out her knife and stabbed Jose Alba. Uh, Alba, I mean, it's unreal. So let's pray that a jury of uh, his peers comes to their senses and says this isn't right and throws out the charges. But yeah, this is wrong, and we need to do everything we can in the meantime to stand for what's right. Absolutely. Well, in the second half of this podcast, folks, we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk about something going on in the House of Representatives this week. It involves women and the draft and the potential for women to end up in combat. How do we look at that as Americans? How do we look at that as Christians? We're going to explore that in the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable. And if you're not able to listen to the second half on your regular radio station, you can listen to it online. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and you can listen to it there. We welcome your five-star reviews also at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to our podcasts. Also, if you want to watch a video of us, you can do that at MyHopeNow.com. And the second half, coming up next. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting production. Continuing the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable podcast with John Rush, Rush to Reason, out of Denver, Colorado. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Myself, Bob Duco, Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. So in the second half, we're going to talk about something going on in Congress right now. 
Uh, several months ago, you had uh, Democrats in Congress, in the Senate specifically, that were trying to uh, force women in America, young women, to join men in registering for the draft. Now, when you're 18 years old as a man, you have to register for the draft. Now, there's not a draft in America, but if we found ourselves in war and it was serious enough, uh, it's possible that the government could reinstitute the draft. And, uh, and I, by the way, I would argue with the military going as woke as it is right now and as left wing as it is, you can't help but wonder, does the day come when the draft gets reinstated because too few people are signing up for the military? But I guess that's another debate. But anyway, women don't have to sign up for, they don't have to register for the draft because theoretically, uh, women would not get drafted. When people do get drafted, the overwhelming majority of them are sent into combat. Uh, well, the Democrats try to get women to have to sign up for the draft, which would mean, unless there's a special provision, if the draft is instituted and we're in a time of war, that women would get drafted and the overwhelming majority of them would be sent into combat right with the men. Well, this was blocked by Republicans uh, several months ago when the Democrats tried to do this. Well, they're back because uh, Senate Democrats just recently passed this, this and they they managed to get it passed so the republicans were not able to block this this is a provision that would uh, uh basically it's to the national defense authorization act that would require women to register for the draft now it's coming up to the house in a vote this week uh if this is not blocked if this passes joe biden could sign this and now suddenly uh we are setting the stage for women to be forced onto the battlefield in combat. Uh, as, as an American, I find this disgusting. As a man, I find this offensive. As a Christian, I find this, frankly, unbiblical. Uh, God does, did not design women to be the battlefield warriors. He designed men for that. Not that men are better than women. Uh, women are way better than men at a whole host of things. But on average, men are better than women at upper body strength and battlefield, uh, battlefield war and bloodshed and such. That is how God designed it to be. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that the godless Democratic Party of today is not only pushing gender confusion and blurring the lines between gender, but now trying to take our moms and our sisters and our daughters and putting them out on the battlefield. I just find it disgusting. But Bob, it goes, let's it goes go around the, the table conversation. And talk about it. it goes along with the conversation we had a little bit ago, though, about what's the ultimate desire of what's going on with that particular party and the powers that be. This is a weakening, and I don't care what anybody says, this is a weakening of our military. Sorry, ladies, I love you all dearly, but Bob, you're correct. That's not what they were designed to go do. And in my opinion, in a lot of cases, depending upon where they're at on the battlefield and what's going on, they become a stumbling block for the men that are there because they're more worried about their fellow female you know, con you know, servicemen. Uh, you know, if you if you would, you know, warrior. I guess I should say they're more worried about that than they are fighting the enemy. It's a weakening of our military. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, let's go around the table here, Roger. Roger Marsh, your thoughts on women? The Democrats right now trying to set the stage for women to ultimately end up in combat. Well, you know, it, it's very interesting for a number of different reasons. First and foremost, the fact that it seems like it's a pretty safe bet for them if they go ahead and do pass this 
because there hasn't been a draft in effect since 1973. So, I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a straw argument. And also the fact, too, that you've got the – this is the thing that just cracks me up. You've got basically the left saying, okay, we can't really define who a woman is. At the same time, <clears throat> these same leftists are saying, but, you know, uh, this is one of the last pieces of federal law where men and women are not treated equally. Okay, so which one is it? I'm just, I'm curious. I really am That's curious right. because you've got Kirsten yeah. Gillibrand, you know, saying I'm on the armed services committee and, oh, we, we, oh, if we say only men are needed, that's not right. But that even Joni Ernst, I was surprised to see that she was like, well, you know, they wouldn't be put in the infantry unless they really wanted to. They wouldn't be out in the front line. And Bob, as you duly noted, hey, the reason you have a draft is because you need available bodies to go out there and do what? You're in combat. And, you know, my question is, okay, so are we pushing for this for equality or are we pushing for this because we've got some military offensive up our sleeve and we need to have some 18 to 25 year old men and women that we could go out and get something tells me that uh, the support from the military is saying we don't have enough qualified candidates coming in here and enlisting to actually do the job we may have to enact the draft again just to get the number count up i know neil neil boron uh your thoughts on women being potentially forced to sign up for the draft, which, as Roger rightly points out, the reason that you have a draft is because we're in trouble in war and we're not getting enough recruitment and we need more people on the battlefield. That's the reason you have a, a, a draft. Yes, you're going to get other positions besides combat, but the overwhelming majority of draftees go into combat. And I just do not believe, Neil, that uh, the Democrats are going to give some kind of exemption to women where they have the option of opting out of combat, but men don't have that option. I would be shocked if Democrats did something like that. Yeah, um, let me first say, because it's on my mind, how grateful I am for any women listening who have served in our military, uh, either currently are or have in the past served our country and done it well. Um, so I, I want to say that because this isn't a conversation about whether or not women are capable of providing any assistance to the U.S. military. They certainly right. have for decades, um, and we're grateful for that. Um, but, you know, you used an interesting word, Roger, because you said, you know, maybe the numbers are getting low, and they're really concerned about having enough qualified candidates. So what is a qualified candidate? I'm not saying that there aren't any women in the United States that can pass the physical fitness test or the combat readiness test that are required, for instance, to be a U.S. Marine, but there's very few women that are able to do it successfully. And as a result, every branch of the armed services are having to sort of recalibrate all of the fitness tests and combat readiness tests that they're requiring of people within the military because of injuries that women are sustaining going through those tests. And, um, and the fact that, you know, the success rate of women coming out of military academies is low based on their inability to keep up physically more than anything. So what does that mean? That means that's, that brings harm to women. Uh, and, and it may, means that we're not militarily ready as a country. This is a national defense issue. And I think bottom line is we have to look at the overall needs of the country and what this does to families, um, forcing women to go into co uh, combat roles. But secondarily, what are we going to dumb down the system to be able to make sure that people who aren't able to do a pull-up or a push-up or uh, run a mile uh, are going to be thrown out to the front lines for what? To be killed in the name of the United States of America? I'm totally against it. Totally against it. I know. Well, which, by the way, John, to Neil's point, what do you think Xi Jinping in China or Vladimir Putin in Russia or the Mullahs in Iran, what do you think they think about the United States doing stuff like they're like, hey, we love it because yeah, they laugh. it's yeah. not just and by the way, it's not just about, John, a woman being able to do 
you know, a push-up or something. Uh, when you're on the battlefield, you have to be able to pick up a 200-pound man and carry him 100 right. yards to safety. You right. have to be able to do that. Uh, and, there, and there's a, a certain amount of other, you know, and, and I've had sons in the military, so you know, not, not bragging, but no firsthand, you know, even on the battlefield what goes on. And there's just certain things that, that happen on the battlefield uh, strength-wise, Bob, to your point, that, again, and, and I, Neil, I love what you said. I, I do appreciate the fact of, of the ladies that have served in the military in the past and the capacities that they have. And there's many, many areas where they can serve just fine, and it's not an issue. The battlefield, in my opinion, is not one of those areas. Sorry. I'm, I'll, I'll go to the grave saying that. Right. It's just not. Uh, let's do this, because, Roger, I want to ask you as a pastor a question about how we look at this as well. But before we do, uh, we do want to remind everybody that uh, you're hearing us talk about preborn a lot, and we don't want you to give up on saving babies' lives, okay? We're talking about women in combat right now. However, there's a whole separate area of attack that women are under. Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry is going after pregnant women and doing everything they can to convince them to abort their baby. And all the pain that the women go through after that is just horrendous. Uh, the emotional pain, the psychological pain, the spiritual trauma, and everything else. you got a pro-life organization like Preborn that's out there saving babies' lives, showing moms ultrasound images of their babies. Do you know when a pregnant woman sees an ultrasound image of her baby, do you know statistically she chooses life 80% of the time? 80%. Uh, this is why Preborn last year alone, was able to stop just under 44,000 abortions, everybody. And along the way, there were nearly 8,000 decisions for Jesus Christ among these women. But it takes money to do this. $28 is the average cost of stopping one abortion. The average cost of saving one baby's life, 28 bucks. And that's why we're asking you today, right now, to donate $280 one time to save 10 babies' lives. Would you prayerfully consider doing that? It's this simple. Just go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the tab that says to help save babies donate now. And you can donate right online. It's tax write-off for you. 100% of what you donate goes to ultrasound images of the babies. Not a dime goes to overhead. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the tab that says to help save babies donate now. If you want to donate over the phone, you can do that too. They man the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Middle of the night, you can call. Right now, you can call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable if you would when you call. But uh, let's save some babies' lives, okay? Do that now if you would. Talk about the women in combat issue. Democrats trying and pushing through Congress. They're voting this week in the House on this to force young women to often also have to register for the draft, which sets the stage for them at some point, if the draft is enacted again, to potentially be thrown into combat. This is what the Democrats want. Roger, I want to ask you a question as a pastor. Neil's a pastor also. I'm not. John's not. But as I was mentioning before, this violates, at least in my opinion, it violates God's design and proper role for men and women. Uh, God designed women to be way better than us as men in many different areas. But there are some areas that God designed us specifically to have an advantage over women. And one of those areas 
is in the bloody battlefield of war. Uh, I know that in today's woke age, that's considered a horribly sexist, demeaning thing to say about women. You're a pastor. Am I missing something here? No, I don't think so, because if you take a look at the Proverbs 31 definition of a woman, uh, you know, the godly woman who can find, you know, one who's as wonderful as Proverbs 31.10 or 31.10 and beyond. And and one of the things that uh, I was just, as you were sharing that just now, Bob, and thinking about the statistics and why the left would push for this, it's quite frankly, in Proverbs 31, it says, she considers a field and buys it, not she finds a country and conquers it. You know, okay. and the reality is that when it comes to certain, I mean, there uh, Joni Ernst's justification for this saying, well, they could be doing, you know, uh, cyber attacks or this, that, and the other thing. But by definition, unless they're changing why we have a draft in the first place, we've used the draft of the military to get able-bodied young men to go and put on a gun, fly the plane, get the tank, and actually go into combat where they're putting their lives on the line. So the idea that we can have kind of a PC war where the women can pick and choose whatever they want to, I mean, I think that's kind of what the military has almost become for some people. It's, I mean, you guys remember the movie Stripes with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. I think a lot of people look at the military like that. You know, I mean, and I'm not suggesting, I mean, we have a, a daughter-in-law who served in the Army for a couple of years. That's where she met our son, and we have a granddaughter, you know, out of that union. And I think it's, it's wonderful, the career that she had. Now she's in the medical field. But the reality of what we're, they're doing here, I mean, I think it was Joe Keck, who is the, this commission that they put together to say, you know, why would we need to include women in the draft? He said, look, 70% of the people who show up here either have a drug problem, they've got mental issues, emotional issues, where they can't really serve, they're physically out of shape, they can't do uh, one of Neil's pull-ups. I mean, they just there's no way they can handle this. And that speaks to the much greater issue in the culture of, have we as a nation gotten so soft that we can't just say, well, we'll draft a bunch of people, check off a bunch of boxes, which unfortunately the Democrat Party has become reduced to. You know, this is one of those things where in an election year, we got to make sure that we can run out there and say, we're fighting for equality for women, even though we can't define what a woman is. Um, so it, it's, it's a very, very mixed message. Now, on the biblical, spiritual side, absolutely right. I don't, I don't believe that women should be going into battle to defend men. I don't think that's God's plan at all. I believe that, uh, you know, I, I know there are women who would take a bullet for their kids, who would stand in front of a speeding car if they're, they were, that type of thing was the issue. But to load her up with military weaponry and say, go kill a bunch of people who are threatening our country. I don't. If a woman chooses to do that, that's entirely her choice. But I don't think we as a nation should be setting that standard for them and saying, you will do this because you're a woman and you're 18 and you're American. So sign up and go get killed, potentially. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know something, I, uh, yeah, I think about these, these women that are under attack in so many different areas. And of course, one of the ways you've been hearing us talking about this a lot uh, on the podcast, and you're, you're going to hear us keep on talking about it, okay? Uh, women are being targeted by the abortion industry. I want to remind everybody of this. The abortion industry that lies to women and tries to sell them an abortion, not caring about the emotional harm that happens to that woman afterward, not to mention the physical harm that happens with killing that baby. And a lot of us, we hear about abortion, we think, oh, it's terrible, you know, what can I do? Do you know that if you would be willing to spend $280 one time, just one time, you would be responsible for stopping 10 abortions. You'd be responsible for saving the lives of 10 babies. Is that worth it to you? You see, pre-born is a pro-life 
ministry, and they partner with pro-life centers across America, showing ultrasound images to expectant moms of their babies. And those women choose life 80% of the time, statistically, when they see an ultrasound image of their baby. It takes money to do this, folks, and that's why we're asking you, save 10 babies' lives, donate $280 right now. Would you do that? Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the tab that says to help save babies, donate now. You can donate right online. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the tab. Or if you want to do it over the phone, you can call right now, 833-850-BABY. And they man the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So call now. It's tax write-off for you. And 100% of the proceeds go to ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. This is pre-born. They've been doing this a long time. So, uh, if look, if you can donate more than 280 if you'd like to save 100 babies' lives, you know what? That's $2,800. Do that. Some of you could do that. For the rest of you, maybe it's $280. Uh, and by the way, we do need some of you out there that are blessed by God financially. Maybe you operate a business and you would look for a, a nice tax write-off. $15,000 buys one ultrasound machine. That will save thousands of babies' lives. That'll be your legacy. $15,000. Is there somebody out there that would do that as well? Again, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the tab to help save babies. But for the rest of you, $280, uh, 10 babies. What do you say? Do this one time. So we kind of wind down this podcast today talking about uh, women in combat and the, the effort by the Democrats right now in Congress to force young women to have to sign up for the draft, which sets the stage for them to ultimately end up in combat. Roger, I want to ask you also, Roger Marsh, of course, of uh, uh, the, the bottom line out there in California, as a pastor, and then I want to get John's take on this too, but uh, I, I'm troubled by the co-ed nature of this too, because in the military, let's face it, you, you've not only got military cohesion that you need, but you have potentially men and women then serving in very intimate areas that they're sleeping together they're showering together uh there's just you you can't separate the men and the women when they're in combat together during a time of war and that just to me come, becomes one more reason to, you don't take a woman and traumatize her by putting her on the battlefield hey bob let me interrupt for just a minute and uh uh you know <laughs> Uh, all of this, uh, and, and by the way, Roger, I appreciate what you said about the, the scripture and, and, and how I think the Lord looks at this and the, the, the role of, you know, ladies when it comes to the military service and so on. And by nature, and Neil, I want to get your opinion on this, by nature, it's not a woman's role to go in and fight. In fact, it's a role for a woman to be in there, which, by the way, is typically in military what they do. It's to go in and care and meet the needs and do all of the other things that are still necessary when it comes to being on the battlefield, but not being in the battle itself, Correct. Yeah, and you know, uh, you look at, you, we got grandkids, four grandkids now, um, and two girls, two boys, and they're diametrically opposed to each other in terms of how they conduct themselves. Um, yeah, there's some girls that are more tomboyish and some boys who like to play with dolls once in a while, but the reality is God created us different, and I think those differences should actually be celebrated. Ephesians 5 is, you know, the classic um, passage that's used at weddings, and but it talks there about... Husbands honoring their wives as a weaker vessel. In other words, with a sense of understanding, giving her honor. In other words, a special place because of who she is. Now, that doesn't mean that women aren't strong. I mean, 
it, I know that many times I've come down, like when I was sick with COVID in January, my, my wife was a warrior through that right, process. Right. She's a nurse. She's a caregiver. I mean, how many times women are the ones that are up in the middle of the night caring That's for right. the colicky baby? I mean, uh, their emotional strength is unbelievable compared to men. And there's many things, as Bob alluded to earlier, that they do better. But, you know, I'm thinking about, for instance, a, f- a piece of fine china or uh, you know a highly valuable piece of art you put it in a special place behind glass doors to observe it and to protect it uh, you don't take it out on the sidewalk and try to bash concrete with it that's the job of the sledgehammer which gets stored in the shed and you know I, I think that there's very different rules for men and women in those senses it isn't that we can't cross lines at times and that one can't do another's job or a husband can't care for a baby in the middle of the night or something but by and large the place for women is not on the front lines in the battlefield women would be protected uh, not thrown to the wolves. Roger, I want to get your take on something as well. And what I mean is, uh, I've seen this from my own two eyes. I've had boys that have played football. You guys have all known that. They're all grown now and adults and have grandkids, and much to what Neil was talking about you know, a moment ago. But one thing I noticed, Roger, was there were times, you know, high school football, occasionally you'll end up with a girl on a football team. Don't ask me why. I don't know why girls would want to play tackle football, but occasionally one would show up here and there, typically as a punter, a kicker, or something like that. But I will tell you what, what I noticed any time a girl, and it wasn't a lot of times, but any time a girl ended up on the football field itself, every boy on that field acted completely differently when it came to playing football. My point is right. they, they were not going after her. They were doing everything possible to protect her. And right. if that same situation were to happen on the battlefield, which I believe it would, again, it's just a huge disruption, huge disruption militarily speaking, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, when you think about what happens in combat and how you're fighting mutually together, locking arms side to side, back to back, whatever, against a common enemy, when you have that extra sense of sure you're gonna you're willing to you know take a bullet for your buddy, but at the same time you're assuming that everyone's you know kind of on a level playing field. When you add that extra dimension into the uh, into the mix, and you know to Bob's point earlier about the showering and the shared you know facilities for right. things of that nature, that's just plain old human nature. And the fact that the the left spends so much time on the identity politics of gender. whether it's transgenderism or male, female, you know, toxic masculinity, et cetera, et cetera. Part of the reason why I think we're in the situation where we don't have enough men who are fit for battle and capable of battle is the fact that we've been told that all masculinity is toxic. That's right. And and that's just not true. I mean, the reality is a man defending a woman against a fight, Jose Alba, you know, taking up for himself and and ostensibly for the other people in the store, uh, that's... That's not toxic masculinity. That's the kind of biblical, godly masculinity sure. that we expect. And in a non-Christian culture, like what the one we're living in right now, or maybe, I guess we should say a post-Christian culture, it's hard for the left to understand this because all they can see is what's right in front of them. You know, and if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail at some point. And so here they are saying, okay, well, we need equality and we need you know, uh, to eliminate sexism and Title IX and let's, let's elevate all this stuff without thinking about what the cost is. And this is where a biblical principle comes into play that we do every week here on the bottom line, or bottom line, Neil Boron, uh, Rush to Reason, uh, Bob's program, and then with NCR. And that is we count the cost of what's right. happening here. We play the movie right. out. We say, if you do allow women to be drafted, and then if for some reason, say that Russia invades somebody else, and all of a sudden President Biden's saying, well, we need 300,000 troops to go here. Well, who are they picking? By definition, they're picking the people who were just recently recruited 
because they were forced into this situation because they're young and fit and capable. And all of a sudden you have girls who are planning on going to college or getting married or doing whatever. And they're, they're learning how to handle a gun and not because they want to, but because legally they have to, or all of a sudden the population of Canada is going to go up. So I, I, I think there's all sorts of different wrongnesses that could be committed by doing this. But I think the greatest one, uh, the, the grievance is moving men and women out of their biblically God-given roles. Um, right. You know, let's face it. I mean, to Neil's point about Ephesians 5, you know, that ends with, you know, a husband should be willing to literally lay down his wife for his wife, and a wife should respect her husband. I mean, they're, they're different callings, different roles. And so I, I like that that weaker vessel. Though, Neil, I know you've got a couple of sledgehammers under glass. Well, and, and Neil, <laughs> I want sure to Neil, I want you to answer this. And this is this is my feeling on things. When we make everyone equal, no one is any longer. In other words, it's the worst thing you could ever do to hu- humanity, in my opinion, is make everybody equal. Because the fact of the matter is, we are not. Yeah, we're not. And you know, as a matter of fact, like if everybody if everyone wants everyone to be equal, then why don't we let Kyle Rittenhouse run the country instead of Joe Biden? Like mm-hmm. let's just be fair, right? Let's let everybody have their fair share. He wasn't elected. Uh he's not qualified right now. Uh you know, for a variety of reasons he can't run the country. I'm not campaigning for Joe Biden, but you get the point. Like we have right. order in the way we we make decisions, at least it seemed like we used to. But, you know, let me mention something else about this whole women in combat thing. I'm not saying that women can't serve in the military. And in fact, I, I thanked them earlier for their service. Right, right. And that right. there, I mean, there've been some tremendous female marksmen uh, over the years, you know, that, that potentially could be utilized or the organizational skills that some women have, you know, to be able to use them in, uh, in orchestrating how we carry out a battle or something. There's a variety of things that women can do exceptionally well and probably better than men. I, what I'm against, and I don't know where you guys stand on this. I'm just against totally forcing all women into yes, combat thank you. roles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, no, you're, you're right. right. You're, so you're I clarify. To, to your here, point, here. Neil, there are those unique ladies out there that have done some of those masterful things you just mentioned, which was their choice. They decided to go that direction. They honed their skills. They did the things necessary. What I think all of us are saying is, by nature, to throw all women into that particular role would be yeah. a total disaster. 100%. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. All right, guys, with that, I know we got to get things wrapped up. I think Bob's having technical difficulties as well. So, Bob, if you're still listening, great, thanks. If Bye, not, Bob. we'll see you guys next week. Anyways, regardless, we'll get things wrapped up here on the National Crawford Roundtable. Don't forget, Preborn, by the way, great organization. Uh, all of that information is located on our websites as well. And the reality is, guys, continue to listen to our podcast. Share it. Share it with your friends. It's all over the Internet. Stitcher, Apple, TuneIn, you name it, wherever you want to listen, or Apple Podcasts, I should say. Wherever you want to listen, you can find us. It's really that easy. And, folks, again, we'll see you next week. This has been the National Crawford Roundtable. Myself, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, and, of course, Roger Marsh. See you guys next week. God bless. Thanks. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. A view of today's culture through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn. Saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to save babies now. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. From your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at myhopenow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. 
and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.